Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a fresh and insightful interview with one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash the director's cut. And if you're enjoying the director's cut, please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Martin McDonough's new film, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The film stars Frances McDormand as Mildred Hayes, a woman frustrated by the fact that months after her daughter's violent murder, no progress has been made in the case. Infuriated by the lackluster efforts of the local police, she employs the unusual motivational technique of commissioning three billboards leading into her town with messages aimed at Ebbing's revered chief of police, setting off a battle of wills with the police force and the rest of the community. In addition to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, Mr. McDonough's credits include the feature films Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges. In 2006, he won the Academy Award for Best Short Film Live Action for his film Six Shooter. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. McDonough spoke with director Nikki Caro about filming Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. During their conversation, Mr. McDonough discusses how the film was inspired by a billboard he saw while riding in a bus in the South, his approach to balancing humor with pain, and the ways in which he tries to work against the expected. Um, okay, so Martin, um, the front of this movie, the setup to this movie, is so killer. Perfect, I think, marriage of word, literally, and image. And I'm really interested in how you came to that. To, 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 to the billboard yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, wording specific, No, no, well, yes, that specifically, but generally the opening of this movie, the premise for this movie. Um, well, uh, it, strangely, I, I saw something very similar to what we see on the billboards about 17 years ago. I was on a sort of bus uh, going across country, uh, one of the southern states, I think. I'm not sure quite w where it was, but it's like the Georgia... Florida, uh, Alabama corner, and um, and it just I was on like literally just driving by this field and there were two billboards in a in a field and and the first one kind of said pretty much what what the first what all three say and I couldn't read what was on the second because we it was all writing and we couldn't we went so fast but uh, it it stuck in my mind the idea of who would have put something like that up, you know, what kind of rage and pain and bravery, because it was calling out the cops uh, just just as ours does. Um, and, and, but it stuck in my mind for like 10 years and I didn't do anything about it. Um, and But w once I sort of decided it, it was a woman and a mother that, that put those up, uh, Mildred kind of popped out fully formed. Um, and I just started following her around town really seeing seeing what she got up to next but i knew it was uh uh you know the the town and the police would have to have a reaction but i didn't plot anything out um and, and as organically as i think the story grows that's how the, the script was written 
And did you write Mildred specifically with Frances McDormand in mind? Yeah, yeah, uh, completely. <laughs> yeah. And if she said no, we'd have been screwed because I don't know where have we gone to. We, we had no second choice, really. Um, because she's got so much, as you know yourself, she's got so much uh, integrity um, and laser-like... Uh, um, uh, just, just her. She, like she's kind of similar to Mildred in, a, a, as an actual, like determined and 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 forthright and oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and um, uh, but great, you know. Uh, uh, but she's also I knew she wouldn't be um, uh, patronizing or um, uh, sentimental about a working class mother. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, one of the main discussions we had was no, not to make Mildred uh, lovable. Or not to not to let the audience in uh, any more than you know what was on the page really. And I I was interested. I was surprised actually knowing uh, her as well as I do as an actor that there was so much that was seemed to be consciously working against her unlovability. And, you know, there were moments where she was soft. There were moments where she was emotional, where she was crying even. Mm. Um, how organically did those things come up or not? Uh, it crying, there's... I, I wanted to, to cry a little bit more, but... Um, I'm sh I'm, I <laughs> applaud you that that she... It didn't really, <laughs> didn't really work. Um, <laughs> But uh, that, that were like so I think a couple of the major arguments mm -hmm. we had uh, was about mm -hmm. that, and and she said she I'm not sure if she ever quite breaks down like she's on the edge mm -hmm. of it in in the deer the deer scene and the phone call mm -hmm. at the end. Um, but I know, I'm not sure if she ever got to the stage of tears. And Francis was kind of determined that uh, we've seen enough crying in movies, yeah. um, mm -hmm. uh, and she didn't want to go there. And I think. Uh, she was right, and it works, you know, the the way she did it completely. Um, so, so, that, but those two scenes were the two places that uh, I knew that between the two of us, we had to really take care of them because they were the only pockets in the film where that y you could be let in. Mm -hmm. That the love was kind of clear to us, mm -hmm. um, uh, and all the pain, or the all the pains there throughout, but the, how it's really affecting her deep down it's, those are the only two two spots where we see it i think um so it was but again it was about it was about not sentimentalizing those scenes and not making them you know too lovable yeah yeah for sure um tonally uh, holding all of that grief and pain in a mother's story and yet having so much humor as well do you find that a hard balance um, <coughs> strangely, not not so much. I guess because most of the stuff, uh, like from the plays I've done in the past, and both movies I've done, have that uh, have that blend. Um, it was it is it, the way I naturally write, I guess, yeah. and the way I naturally see the world. But there was in, in the edit, there was a bit more. Um, there were a few more scenes with Sam being kind of crazy and 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 and. You know, racist, or or there was a, there was a great scene where he gets into bed with his mum and he's drunk, and it's, it's it, was, it was I thought it was uh, really fun, but uh, not in a, not in a creepy way, but um, 
just like one of those things you do when you're drunk. Um, and uh, uh, but and there were two or three scenes scenes uh, that were really like he did them brilliantly, and they were like a barrel of laughs. But they ju they just shifted the tone of the yeah. film a little bit too much towards uh, the comic. Um, when we were uh, showed the first sort of very rough edit uh, after a couple of months in in the uh, in the edit room uh, to some friends. Um, the the wife of the DP, uh, Cammy, uh, said uh, it, it's it's lovely, but don't be scared of it being a tragedy. Don't don't fight it because uh, at that stage all those um, Sam scenes were in, and it was it, the balance was almost more towards the uh, the comedy. Which she said once once she said that once I heard it, you know, believe in the tragedy of it. Uh, it just freed something uh, um, and. It's probably equally as funny without those those funniest scenes, but um, but we n never lost uh, sight of of this tragedy that starts the film. Mm -hmm. And in the edit room, um, how much does the script change for you? Um, it's it's uh, at that stage for me. It's more about uh, happily culling mm -hmm. things, um, things okay. that you never thought you could lose can just be thrown out in seconds. Um, things that I'd have fought to the death if the financiers were trying to cut at the script yeah. stage, uh, I, they could just mm. be thrown away. So uh, in that sense, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of boiling something down to its essence uh, a, a bit. But, um, and I'm not as precious about the lines at that stage even, or the jokes or, you know, it really does become its own creature, as you know. Yeah, is that is that cons the same with theatre? Um, no, no, I'm much more of a about the script in in a play. Um, yeah, no, because yeah, why? I don't know. Um, um, I don't know. I've always, uh, you know, you spend so much time working on the script in a play, but then you do in a film too. I don't know. Mm. I'll have to think about that one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when you when you went from theatres to film, I'm really intrigued to know what your first day on a film set was like. Oh Jesus! Um, well, that would have been the short film, I guess. Yeah. Um, terror. Yeah. Just abject terror. Um, not really. No. But throughout that whole shoot, I think it was <laughs> not knowing what to do, and. Uh, yeah, it was just. Uh, but once I was working with the actors, that terror lifted. It was just <laughs> all of the other aspects of the the shoot was uh, uh, scary, and I think that probably continued into Bruges too. I was kind of even in prep. I was kind of uh, felt out of my depth or something. Mm -hmm. But whenever I was working with the actors, uh, it felt really natural, and that was probably because of the, like the ten years I'd had in rehearsal rooms with the plays. So. Um, I think this film was the first time I felt really at ease with every aspect of, of yeah. the uh, of the process and enjoyed every aspect for the first time. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's such an incredible cast. Do you have a rehearsal process for film that is comparable to theatre? Yeah, uh, for, for In Bruges, we, we had like three weeks just in a room, me and uh, Colin Farrell and mm -hmm. Brendan Gleeson just talking the script over and... Uh, 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 just analyzing it, and not not to not to uh, not to the death, but just my, my part of my rehearsal process is just to to um, 
convey everything I thought of each character, why each line is there, and if the actor wants to use that or not use that, at least the information is out there, um, uh, and we can agree or disagree about it, but mm, for me, the rehearsals are just getting all the information out there. Um, with this, um, uh, I, I, I kind of wanted Francis to do more, um, but uh, in retrospect, I realized, that, and she did, she did some with uh, John Hawkes and, and Lucas, her son, um, uh, but she wouldn't do any with uh, Woody or, or Sam, and it made sense after, you know, after she said it, because she's at war with these people, and, and she didn't want to get comfortable with them, and uh, I think that kind of shows uh, in the film. And so in this rehearsal process, um, are you, you seem to be saying that you're quite comfortable with actors being pretty free with the dialogue. Or oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. Okay. Um, no, just the, whatever the exact opposite of that is. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that would be me. Um, uh, no. Well, because my thing is, uh, you know, I, I've usually written these scripts like, quite a few years before we've uh, shot. This was written eight years ago, eight years before the, the or six years before we, we shot it. Um, and, you know, I, I've usually written it and kind of leave it for, for a year and then have a look at it and do some minor changes, but then it's kind of uh, set in stone almost. And um, so I'm not really a big advocate of, you know, us all getting together in the morning of a shoot and seeing what the best version of a line is gonna be. Um, <laughs> uh, so there wasn't much of that, but the good thing is, and maybe that's why I keep using the same actors over and over again, they uh, they know what I'm like and they know what the deal is. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that said, there's not, um, you know, it doesn't mean it has to be uh, a straitjacket, um, but that is what we, we work from and that's what we've got to uh, achieve. But I remember Sam saying, you know, he still felt a lot of freedom on this and on the last one. You know, Sam would sometimes in, improvise into the scene, you know, in, improvise the minute before mm -hmm. the scene would take place. And strangely, lots of those little pieces uh, end up in the actual uh, uh, film after. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Hmm. Um, Genius. Yeah. And, and literally the most beloved and likable actor around, right? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I was so shocked when he died. Um, I Me mean, too. Uh, I mean, that wasn't, <laughs> that was an improv. <laughs> Very good. Um, so is, is, that a, is that quite a bold move to lose, a, I mean, to cast a guy like that mm. who everybody loves, you know, your children love, your grandmother loves, nobody doesn't love that guy, mm. and then dispatch him. I know you have his voice and his presence in the last half of the film, but yeah. was there ever a moment where you thought, hmm. No, I, I you get like, rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna shock him. Yeah, um, it did, did me. But uh, but I think like it came up naturally at that point of the mm. of the script writing. I didn't know he. I thought he was gonna be there till the end. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's that's kind of how organic it was. Mm. Like uh, maybe just a, a scene before, I thought he, you know, his character that could be a choice that he might make, and, and that obviously. Uh, shook up the whole rest of where the film could have gone to. Uh, like when I look back on this, it, it, does, it almost doesn't have a structure, this film. Like mm -hmm. it has a, like the first act 
maybe. And but then because of that act, everything goes haywire. And it's more about the, the the changes of character rather than any payoffs in a in a second or third uh, act structure. Um, but it was I don't know I'm I'm i you know you're always trying to work against what's been done before or what's uh, expected, um, and uh, and that that was uh, uh, an easy way to do it. I guess. Mm -hmm. And as a writer who's now a film director, do you write differently? Um, I think because of the edit process, I'm, I'm a bit more, uh, I, I can cull things a little mm. bit quicker and, uh, and also sort of knowing about budgetary things now. I don't have, you know, trains in every shot or, um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or animals. I've gotten rid of a lot of animals. Uh, I've decided to go with tortoises now because they don't run around. Yeah, they <laughs> You can just tape them to stuff. Um, there you go. Uh, but they're really they're, I like. Mm. I do like uh, tortoise improvs because all of all of <laughs> his stuff was like his own unscripted. Um, but uh, but that, that's that's the only person I let to get away with it. No. Um, uh, and yeah, what else have I learned? Yes, yeah, more just, just streamlining, I think. Mm -hmm. um, what and about not, not going off of pages and pages with dialogue, like trying mm -hmm. to keep that as tight as possible. Yeah. And what about imagery? Do you think now in terms of <coughs> of images? I still don't really do that. Like uh, uh, this, the script, uh, the first stage is usually character and plot mm -hmm. and um, uh, all of all of that stuff. But with each film so far, I've, I've once that's done, I storyboard the whole thing on my own with terrible potato mm. head people. Um, but that's kind of the first time, uh, unless there's been specific shots that are written, into, but the, there aren't very many in my uh, the first version of the script. But once I storyboard it, that usually helps both streamline the script and give it an entire sort of uh, visual aspect. Mm. So you're storyboarding alone. You're not storyboarding with with a cinematographer? No, but then the first process, once uh, the film is going to happen, is mm. to sit down with Ben on the last two and go through them, and then he'd come up with his stuff or say you could do exactly what you're trying to do in one shot or yeah. or two. Um, and then and then we have like a... So I have kind of like a skeleton template visually going into each day's uh, shooting. And then obviously it can be... Uh, uh, up for grabs on the day. I'm much more open to that stuff. But at least I'm, I'm kind of confident that there is a path mm -hmm. visually through each scene. Right. How many days? Uh, shooting of this? Yeah. Uh, 32, I think. Okay. Yeah. And where, where did you shoot? In uh, North Carolina. Uh, we were based in Asheville, which is a mm -hmm. great town if, if anyone hasn't been there. It's like great food, walkable, um, uh, great tortoises. <laughs> um, and But we shot the main street was in silver and uh, the, 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 the Billboard Road, so which is an hour outside of Asheville, and the Billboard Road's about half an hour in the Black Mountains, the other side. Right. So you were inspired by real billboards that were erected or uh, determined by a real person. Are you curious about who that person is? I am. Yeah. Do you think they will come I find think that you? Could be an interesting uh, outcome for this. Yeah. I mean, like when I was when I first saw them, there, were, there was no Google, there was no uh, mm. um, any of that stuff, and it's not something you really want to Google 
these days, I think, that those words. But it's, I'd be interested to hear, to know if this could uh, help or what, what, what was the outcome of that uh, story? Yeah. Well, it's such a remarkable piece of work. Thank you for Thanks, making Nikki. it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks, everyone. Martin McDonough. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. Don't forget, you can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. As we get deeper into awards season, we'll continue to give you director-focused conversations about this year's most anticipated films. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the great discussions we have coming up. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.